keep going, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Adia. Now, now I'm embarrassed. Now I'm embarrassed. But it's um, it's a great honor to be to be here this morning to be with you. Now I sat at the back there because that's what I really uh, sense the Spirit of God prompt me to do. Yesterday, last night. Now, it's a prophetic gesture. There are some people that God has reserved a spot for you at the table, but you are at the back. And I am sensing that God is calling you to come forward. So he said to me, sit at the back and wait until you are invited to come forward. And so I sat there, and yet... There's a spot here reserved specifically for me. All right? Now, you know, you are in this house, and God wants you to step forward and take your rightful seat at the table as a son and as a daughter. I had to demonstrate it. The same way that I was called from there to come forward, that's the same way that God is calling you to step forward. It's going to require you to move from wherever you are and take the steps of courage and faith and confidence that your father knows you, loves you, and is calling you. What a great honor to be uh, at Everyday Church, my, it's been a crazy uh, few days in our household. My wife is unwell, my daughter's unwell, by, you know, close to, you know, around about 10 p.m. we're still running around from pharmacy to pharmacy trying to get, you know, <laughs> the right medication and stuff. But, the, but this morning they are definitely uh, feeling much better. And they said to me, we are going to be watching you live. So God bless you guys and thank you for, you know, choosing to do this. Uh, thank you, Pastor Adele, for all you do in this place uh, with, with, with Rob. And I just want to, yes, yes, let's. Um, and I just want to uh, thank my dear friends, um, Pastor Jacob and Pastor Mark, for this invitation to come and speak in the house. I am excited. Last time she was on holiday and I... <laughs> I rang her and I said, uh, I'll be preaching at, at, at you know, church next week when it was actually, um, you know, you know, the, 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 you know the, it was a Saturday, I think, when I rang her and it was a Sunday that I'm supposed to speak. I just wanted to, you know, uh, send her into a panic spin. And, um, yeah, this morning I tried it. I couldn't help myself. Uh, I sent her a text message that said, looking forward to speaking at Everyday Church. She said, Chin, you got me once. You're never going to get me again. I said, I still have to try. They are, you know, just wonderful people, faithful. What you see is what you get. And dear friends, and me and my family, we love them. We love them. My, my girls always ask me, when are we going? When are we going to Tiffany's place? When are we going to have lunch and stuff with them? They are just wonderful. Did you come with expectation this morning? All right. It's going to be a very short flight. 
a very, very short one. And so buckle up right from the onset. We are going to take off uh, at very supersonic speed. And hopefully we land and not crash land. So, um, yes, I hear these people that are watching online. We want to uh, thank you for taking the time to do that. Welcome to Everyday Church. And this morning I want to be speaking from, I want to speak from John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It's, um, it's also good to see Pastor Malcolm around. Yes, yes. Um, you know, sometimes we talk about faithfulness. But it's good to see faithfulness in action. Thank you for your faithfulness to the call of God. Thank you for saying yes and continuing to say yes every single day up to this point. We are greatly, greatly encouraged by your ministry. I'm going to Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for this day that you have made and give us. Indeed, this is the day that you have made and we choose to rejoice and to be glad in it. We choose, Father God, this day to be expectant to hear from you because you are the Lord who is always speaking. And we, as your children, Lord, ought to be always hearing. In fact, your word says, let he that has an ear to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, thank you that you've called each and every one of us that are here from darkness into light, from death to life. And we are here, Lord, because of your grace that called us, and your grace that has continued to sustain us. Father God, this is your word. I am merely a messenger. Your word is powerful, but I am weak. Your word, mighty God, is everything that we need. And I submit to your authority. I submit to your anointing. In the name of Jesus, that Lord, you will quicken your word in me to be imparted and may it be received as you have intended for it to be received today in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise. And as everyday church, we say, Amen. John chapter 11. I will read from verse 1 and then I'll skip a few verses. Um, I mean, I would love to read the whole, uh, uh, you know, thing from uh, verse 1 to 41. But for the sake of brevity, I can just uh, pick a few verses. Uh, now, it says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, 
the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus lay sick, was the same one who called for him and left and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. It's a very short text message. It's a very, very short text message. It was just straight to the point. Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Somebody say, it's a divine setup. It's a divine setup. There, um, there, 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 there are a lot of things that happen in our lives that because we are finite beings, we only understand what is in front of us. We don't have an understanding of, of the full you know, picture. We only see what's in front of us. Uh, when you are in, in, in Sydney and you are driving over the, you know, the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, it's, it's massive, it's huge, uh, you know. Uh, but, but, but when you are flying over, it looks like a little coat hanger. I mean, that, that's why they call it a coat hanger. It looks like this little, just this tiny thing because your elevated position gives you a different perspective. When you are walking over it or you are just beside it, it's this massive, massive thing. You know, and you look at, the, you look at this, this structure and you feel very small. But as soon as, as soon as, you know, uh, as soon as you change your elevation, as soon as you change your, your altitude, as soon as you change that perspective changes. You look at it from a different perspective, and now this massive thing now appears to you to be this tiny little thing on the ground. No, the bridge has not shrunk. It doesn't shrink. Your perspective has changed. And, and, and so when you, when you come in, into the word of God, there's, there's, there's things that appear to be happening that, you know, when you just look at it. Uh, because if you were Martha and Mary and you sent word to Jesus to say, the one that you love is sick, you would not have expected to hear what he said. He says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son will be glorified through it. See, you don't see what he sees. You don't know what he knows. All you know is what's in front of you. All you know is what you're experiencing. And the worst thing is to make your experience a definition for your life. The worst thing is to make what you are going through the totality, to think it's the totality of life. 
But we tend to do that because we're human. And truth be told, some of the things that we go through are quite overwhelming. They completely overwhelm you. They throw you out of balance. You lose your equilibrium. You lose your cool. And, 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 as, and as time goes on, you know, sometimes we make this the, the definition. We make this the, the basis for everything that we, 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 we interact with in the world. I just see things through the pain and the frustration that I am going through. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know what I've been through. And, and if I'm not careful, I make that the basis for which I then interact with everything. Because pain and suffering have a way of, 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 of shaping your heart. But look at what he says. He says, no, this is not going to lead to death. This is for the glory of God. All right. I'm Lazarus. I'm lying down there. And I'm sick. Come on. Now tell me. No, 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 this sickness is not going to lead to death. Oh, this sickness is not going to lead to death. Lord, then do something and do something now. Come on now. This sickness is not going to lead to death. Uh, you better turn up and show up on time. You better come. Uh, all right, I want you to remember this. Uh, one of the first things I want you to remember is this. I, 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 I gave you guys The order is, is this. I mean, the last one is the first one. The middle one is the middle one. And the first one is the last one. <laughs> Faithful service to the Lord does not exempt you from the challenges of this life. Faithful service to the Lord does not exempt you. It's a divine setup. <laughs> now, the message I want to preach to you this morning, I've entitled, Delayed is not denied. Just because there's a delay, it doesn't mean that it's been denied. Just because there's a delay does not mean you have been denied. So hang on and hold on to God's word because the one who promised is faithful. So you see, he's not just able to give his word, he is able to bring the word that he gave into reality. It's one thing to give a word. It's one thing to promise as a human being. And most of the times as human beings, it's not that we want to break promises, to be honest. It's just that you've heard of this phrase, due to circumstances beyond. Come on now. Because you're human, you will face circumstances that are beyond your control. With all the good intention in the world. Hmm? Suddenly, you're facing circumstances that are beyond your control. You promised your kids you're going to take them bike riding, but you did not take into consideration the weather. And suddenly, it's pouring down. 
And your, your, do, your, you know, your girl said to you, said, Dad, remember you promised that we were going to go bike riding. And now you have to come up with an apologetic statement to try and convince them to make them understand. To say, hey, you know what? It's because it's raining. It's not that dad necessarily wants to break the promise. But it's just that the weather has its own mind. You know, it's beyond control. It's beyond my control. So circumstances are beyond. But no, 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 not, not, not with God. Come on now. Not with God. So God, you see, when God promises, he just doesn't want to excite you. Okay. When God promises, he just doesn't want to excite you. When God promises, it's because God is committed. Uh-huh. God is committed. God is invested in his word. God and his word are one. He is inseparable from his word. And so when he speaks, he is invested in his word. And the Bible says that God is watching over what? Over his word to do what? To bring it to, fulfill, to fulfillment, to bring it to pass, to bring it to manifestation. God is committed. And so God does not just promise expression of intention. God is able to bring the promise to manifestation. I think it's 2 Corinthians, uh, you know, 120 that says that uh, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are yes in Christ, and to that we say what? Amen. So he says, this is a yes from God. Amen. I can explain that. Okay. You said the sickness won't lead to death. Okay, let's find out. Let's find out what happened. I mean, do you read scripture and sit down and begin to I don't know, you know, I'm not talking about coming about personally because you died, but you look at you look at what you read and you're like, man, what What's really going on here? Because it sounds to me like it's a contradiction. This sickness won't lead to death. But the guy died. The sickness won't lead to death, but the guy died. Now, Jesus loved We think we love God, and we do. But I want to tell you, friends, that God's love for us is greater than our love for him. In fact, the only reason we love is because God's love has infiltrated our hearts and brought our hearts to life, invigorated us, empowered us, equipped us to enable us to love him. Our love for God is reciprocal. We love because he first loved us. Come on now. We love because he first loved us. Which, 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 which uh, you know, uh, takes me to this point that anything, everything, 
will ever receive from the Lord is on the account of his goodness and not ours. It's on the account of his goodness. It's on his tab. There's no basis that you and I can stand on and say, oh, no, God, uh, you know, uh, give me this. I deserve this or this. No, there is absolutely no basis. Anything that you and I will ever receive, friends that are here and you that are online, the only thing you're going to receive from God will be on the basis of his goodness. It will be on the basis of his mercy. It will be on the basis of his generosity. And so, between the time of the promise and the manifestation, there is a gap in between. To you, I say, hold on to God's word. Keep on standing on his goodness because he who promised is faithful. Come on now. He who promised is faithful. He who promised will bring it to pass. But before the, before the, you know, before the manifestation of the promise, there's a problem in between. There's a promise, then there's a problem, and then there's a manifestation. Most of the times we, we give up when we encounter the problem in between. And we let our problems that we encounter in between convince us that God has forgotten or that God is not interested or that perhaps God is not as capable as I thought he was. You know, and, and, and so, so to, 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 to paraphrase this story, he delays. I send him a message, he receives the message, he says, no, the sickness won't, won't lead to death. And he delays, he stays where he was even longer. Lazarus has fallen asleep. Oh, hang on. So he's fallen asleep. Which one is it? You said he, the sickness wasn't going to lead to death, but now he's fallen asleep. But I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Now, do, 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 do you have that one friend that um, you're engaging in a relationship and they just say something that just puts you off? That's, that's Thomas for you. Thomas, because Thomas in verse, um, you know, so he's saying all these things and uh, a little bit confused. And then he says this. He says, so then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I went there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, 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 he says, let us, let us go that we may die with him. Come on, Thomas. Like seriously, dude. 
let, 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 let each one die with him. Where, where, where are you getting that from? Now, you know, it's that one friend <laughs> that will say something totally And, uh, all right, and, and so Jesus arrives, and Jesus arrives, and I encourage you to, 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 to go home and to read these verses, you know, those, uh, those are five different messages that you know, and he arrives there, and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life, the one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me never die. Do you believe this? Yes, he replied. This is Matthew. He says, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. You know, sometimes God is speaking to you. And what he's saying is exactly what he's saying. But you are too spiritual that you spiritualize it and put a time frame for a later date. And yet what God is saying to you, he wants to do in the here and now. The, the other thing I wanted to, to notice is the, the, the reaction of the, of the sisters. Who here has ever blamed God? I'm going to point at you now. For something that, that happened in your life. And you just, you know, you got frustrated. And you said something. But you blamed God. It's a human thing. When your heart is out of alignment with who God is and what God's purpose is, you blame God for your circumstances. I'm going through what I'm going through because I think, you know. And then God in his goodness does something, you know, that is just good. And who here has ever been embarrassed by God's goodness? You know? And just God just showed up and he did something. And you're so embarrassed. Like, mm, sorry, Lord. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Lord. And, and, and so it's, it's almost like they are laying an accusation before the Lord. They're like, oh, if, if you'd been here, you know, brother Matthew. reached the place, verse 32, where Jesus was, saw him, she fell at his feet, worshipped. He says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. It's a blame, but it's, it also reveals a limitation of her faith because her faith was that Jesus had to be present in order for his power to work. But you and I know that
that he doesn't have to be physically present. All we need is the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, come on us under. And bam, we come to life. Come see the reply. Verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible. Two words. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept because Jesus is full of compassion. Jesus wept because Jesus feels the pain and the frustration that you, his children, go through. God made he who was without sin to become sin so that through him we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen, somebody. Uh-huh. So God left glory. Jesus left glory. Jesus left heaven. He had to be born in the normal process that, that, that humans are born. He came and, and, and experienced everything that we experienced so that when you and I call out to him, all the Bible says that we do not have a high priest who is not familiar with our pain and suffering, but we have a high priest who has been through it himself so that when we call on him, he knows exactly what we're going through. Jesus wept because Jesus is full of love. Jesus is full of compassion. He felt the pain that this family was feeling. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Revealing his humanity, revealing his compassionate heart. Now, I am going to need, for the remainder of this sermon, we are going to demonstrate. Rob, is that right? Can I use you, sir? Can you come forward? Greg, <laughs> there's, a, there's a white cloth there. Could you please wrap it around this man? He's going to be our Lazarus today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? What's going on? Wrap him in his, his head as well. Wrap him. Cover him. Let him see nothing. All right. This is our Lazarus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is where Jesus now comes. This is where Jesus comes. So Jesus says, uh, where, where, where did you lay him? Where did you lay him? I want to know where you laid him. And so Jesus comes to, you know, the, the entrance of the tomb. And I said, all right, we, 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 we laid him there. All right. Then he says, all right, take away the stone. Take away the stone. Because, uh, you know, back in the day, tombs would be cut out of, you know, mountains and or rocks or whatever. And there'd be, uh, there would be a stone rolled in front of it. That signified the end of it. Ah, uh, you're not escaping. Not yet. You stay in there. You stay in there until you are delivered. And, 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 and so he says, take the stone away. If there's one thing that I want you to catch, if you only catch one thing, let it be this. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead, this time there was a bad odor, for he's been there for four days. Now, according to you know Jewish religion and customs, the sons believed they had this idea, this notion that if somebody uh, was dead, that his spirit sort of lingered around for three days. Mm -hmm. and, 
and, and so when Jesus is delaying to come, he wants to squash that. Okay. He wants the dead guy to be really, really dead. But he said this sickness won't lead to death. Because like I told you, this is a divine setup. This is a divine setup. And, 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 and so for those people that were kind of, you know, superstitious or whatever, he didn't want them thinking, uh, yeah, you know what, it, it, it's easy because, you know, the guy had only been dead for two days. So, I mean, his spirit was lingering. So it was easy for him to bring him to life. No, he had to be dead, dead. He had to be dead, dead, certified dead, completely dead, no chance of living, dead, bound in grave clothes, dead, buried in the tomb, dead, stone road in front of it, dead, possibility of a stench coming out, dead. Okay, and so when Jesus then stands in front of, 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 of this place, he says, he prays this prayer. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Jesus Christ has been engaged in conversation with the Father that we are not even aware of. Because he doesn't say, oh, Father, I thank you that you're going to hear me. He says, Lord, our Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he cries out in a loud voice. He says, Lazarus, come out. So at this point, I want you to jump. No, 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 not yet. Stay covered. I want you to jump forward. Just do, just jump. Jump forward. Yes. All right, let's do it. Let's do it, let's do it again. Let's do it. We didn't, we didn't rehearse. We didn't, I didn't give the man a chance. Come on, step back again. Rob, yeah, work with me, dead man. You're coming to life. Don't worry. All right, when I say Lazarus, come forth. You, Lazarus, in this moment, I want you to jump forward. Lazarus, come forth. Jump, yes. So now, Lazarus ha has come to life. But do you notice something about Lazarus? Lazarus? <laughs> do you notice anything about him? He's in front of you. Come on, people. This is open, open book exam. He's wrapped up. He's still bound. He's still bound. Okay, so the power of God has moved him from death to life. But he's still bound. Now listen to what Jesus Christ says. He says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. So I'll, I'll, I'll read verse 43 again. Because this is where it's at. I want you to catch this. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus come out. And Lazarus has come out. This is Lazarus standing in front of us. He says, the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth covering his faith, his face. Jesus said to them, the people that had rolled the stone, the people that were around, he says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. All right, guys, let's read that together. Take off the grave clothes, and let him go. Greg, do the honors. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. No, 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 not yet, Rob. We, I'm still, I'm, I got to work this thing. Greg, not yet. Cover him again. 
All right. Because this, let, now, 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 now you know what I want us to do, Greg. I want us to wrap it around him as much as possible. If we can just start again. Yeah. We got to work this thing, guys. You know, let's, yeah, start from there. Wrap it around him. He says to them, he says, take off the grave clothes. And so I want you to start rolling it, uncovering it a little bit. Because this, hang on, Greg, I know you're quick. Hang on, hang on. Guys, listen. Listen. The power of God, hmm, the power of God will bring you to life. But it's the wisdom of God that will sustain you. It's the wisdom of God that will usher you into your purpose. He says, take off the grave clothes. This taking off of grave clothes, this is the assignment of the church. Guys, you better pay attention to this because this is it. This is the assignment of the church. So every time you come here, it's, there's no question as to whether you are alive in the spirit or not. You are truly alive. Jesus has already ushered you from darkness to light. Jesus has already moved you from death to life. At the point of your faith in him as Lord and Savior, you came alive. But even though you came alive, you are still bound. By grave clothes, by mindsets, by traditions, by customs. That's why the Bible says, do not, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Romans chapter 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. You see, the renewing is that unveiling, the removing of grave clothes. Come on, somebody. Give Robert a big hand. Sir, kindly, kindly have a seat. So the assignment of the church is to remove the grave clothes. The assignment of the church is to peel off the things that are keeping people in bondage. And that's the reason you must endeavor to always be in the house of God. That's the reason you must desire to be planted, not only in his word, not only in his purpose, but in his house. Because in his house is found, is, is, is found freedom. In his house, that's where you're transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory that comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. The power has brought you to life, but the wisdom, ha, ah, it's the wisdom that will sustain you. It's the wisdom that will usher you into your purpose. It's the wisdom of God that will usher you into your calling. And that's the reason God has appointed the fivefold ministry to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that they may attain the full measure and the stature of Christ. Why am I not walking in my purpose? Well, because you're still bound. Your mindset 
is a resistance to the purpose of God, to the word of God. And that's why your mindset needs to be renewed. in your spirit. No, 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 no. It's not salvation. You are already saved. You are already saved. You're saved not because of the work you do. You're saved because of the faith you place in who he is and what he has done. But you are regenerated yes you are regenerated but you have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind it doesn't end it's an ongoing process and that's why we must come and sit under the word and be fed and be ministered Challenged and challenged. Sometimes the word will cut, but it cuts not to destroy. It cuts in the same way that a surgeon will remove a tumor. There's cutting involved, but you're cutting that which is unhealthy so that you would remain healthy. How invested are you in this half, in God's purpose, God's assignment, and the people, the leaders that God has placed in your life? There's a calling to move from the fringes and take the rightful place at the table. He knows you. He loves you. He's got a plan and he's got a purpose. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, don't live in denial. Surrender. If you don't know him as Lord and Savior, don't live in denial. Surrender to him. For life is only found in Jesus Christ. Anyone, everyone, all who call on him will be to life. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this word. Um, to the best of my ability, Lord, I have communicated now where I am, Holy Spirit, may you continue, may you take over, may you work bring an awakening in somebody's heart. May you bring a, a greater understanding. May somebody respond to your calling. May they put their hands to the plow and may they not look back. Thank you today. In Jesus' name. Let's put our hands together. Absolutely.